man, which is an enthusiastic admirer, to a true, dedicated, sold-out, uh, committed follower of Christ. Are y'all with me? Say amen. How many of you in the building today uh, appreciate the fact that your preacher is a simple preacher? I am going to simplify things today big time, big time. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was at a pastor's conference. I was at a pastor's conference this week and loaded down with preachers. I mean, loaded down. Uh, these people had degrees. There, there was doctorate degrees. I mean, they, they, I just around a bunch of smart people, and that really intimidates me. Say amen right there. You get, you get, you get around a bunch of smart people, and you, you just don't know what they're up to. Amen? Uh, people that don't ever wear camouflage, I'm a little suspect of them. Amen? Well, I was sitting there in this one room, and, and uh, we were, they were having a theological debate, if you will. Uh, they were talking about the tribulation period and the rapture and uh, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. What that means is uh, they were saying whether uh, we were going to go in the, in the rapture before the tribulation or whether we're going to go midway through or whether we're going to go at the end of it. And, uh, and I mean, they was going back and forth, and this, this one quoted this verse in this chapter, and everybody, I mean, it was just a, a kind of a heated debate, really, and they were not, not mean-spirited, but everybody giving their opinion. I mean, it was coming, it was just a loud, uh, kind of a dull roar in the room, and, and all of a sudden, one of them started really snickering and laughing. And, and then the attention was drawn to me, because in the midst of all this discussion and theological debate, I was on my phone looking at ProHound Magazine. Because I wanted to know what coon dog won that night, amen? I had, I had a, a buddy that had a dog in the running, and I was going to see if he won, amen? And he did win, say amen. But uh, they looked at me and said, you know what? You're just so totally disengaged from me. I said, look, here's my thing. I said, I'm a pre-tribber myself. I said, I'm not going to argue with you the fact or whatever you think, because a mind changed against its will is of the same opinion still. Uh, one of them said, I said, my, my feeling is this. I'm going to love Jesus and I'm going to serve Jesus till I die or he comes and gets me. So it really don't matter. But, but here's the deal. One of them said, I believe in, in a pan trip. I said, I, I've heard pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, but I ain't never heard no pan trip. What in the world are you talking about? He said, well, I believe when Jesus comes, it's all going to pan out and everything's going to be all right. I said, that's mine right there. Amen. Uh, here's the deal. Simpl simplify what we're doing. You know, I think we sometimes make serving Jesus too complicated. Would y'all agree? And I want to I do this. I'm going to kind of give y'all an intro to the subject today. We're going to watch a little short video. And then I'm going to give you a simplified version of what it means to carry the cross. How do we put into application everyday living and carry this cross and do what God's called us to do? Now, we are living in a society that is very comfort-driven. Would y'all say amen right there? We want to be comfortable with everything. We want everything as comfortable as can be. We want our air comfortable. We want our seating comfortable. I mean, when you go to start putting air conditioning in the seat of your car, something's wrong. Say amen. Uh, that's, just, that's just, to me, going a little bit too far. But we, we are so comfort-driven here in the United States and I'm afraid that that mentality and that attitude is creeped into the local church. And what happens when that takes place? What happens when that takes place? That's what I want to share with you in the beginning. And then we'll practice uh, carrying our cross. All right, we're in Luke chapter number 9. Luke chapter number 9, verse number 23. Uh, uh, Brother Jeff, I don't mean to swell your head. Uh, uh, 
which I know Miss Stacy can bring it down to size the way it needs to be. Uh, but I had a great compliment on your message today. A great, great compliment and, and said you did an incredible job today. And I told him you got it from me. So, all right. Uh, but anyhow, uh, Luke 9, and, I, and he didn't get it from me. He got it from her. Amen. Uh, Luke 9, verse number 20. Y'all, you're going to laugh at something. I'm going to say something, and y'all going to laugh, all right? So you in here just frown the whole time. It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Uh, so loosen up, and then you won't be so tired. Amen? amen. Say amen. amen. All right, here we go. Have you found verse 23? All right, here we go. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily. That means this is an everyday thing. Christianity is not a Sunday morning deal. It's an everyday lifestyle. It's an everyday way of life. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Three, three things there. Three words that you see. He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny, that's the first word, deny. Second word is take, take up his cross, take, then follow me. So deny, take, and follow, all right? Lord, bless us now today. Bless your word. Use it for your glory. I pray that you'll move in an awesome way today. Help us to, to Lord, to be able to put this stuff into practice. It doesn't matter if we, we get smarter. It doesn't matter if we have more knowledge. If we're not using the knowledge we have, it's not changing anything. And I pray that you'll help us practice this in such a way that it will change our lives. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Comfort, a comfortable cross, Christianity. Jesus said, take up the cross. It's one thing. To take up the cross, it's another thing to want to wrap the cross in pillows and put wheels on the back of it. Are y'all with me? Now, Lord, I don't mind following you. I, I don't mind. I don't mind doing this Christian thing that you want us to do. But let's 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 put some accessories to this cross so we can make it a little bit easier to deal with. Well, when we do that. When we do that, when we come to Christ and want to adjust what he wants for us, there's some things that happen. And the first thing I want to show you by way of introduction, I want you to see the perils, the perils of comfortable Christianity. The perils of comfortable Christianity. What's the first thing that takes place when we want to get comfortable with everything and we want to, we want to have a comfortable lifestyle uh, in the Christian walk? Well, the first thing that takes place is there's, there's a, uh, uh, the scriptures get diluted in other words they get watered down they get watered down uh we want to we want to make things a little bit easier to handle we want to preach in a way that's a little bit easier to swallow we don't want to offend anybody and we don't want to make anybody leave and we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and and so what we try to do we try to start watering down the word of god now now paul knew this was going to happen he predicted that this was going to happen and he told timothy he said, now, Timothy, there's something you need to understand. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, not about it, not from it, but preach the word. Say what God says. Proclaim what God says. Listen, preach 
the word be instant in season and out of season. What does that mean? He said, son, there's going to be days they're going to want to hear what you have to say, and there's going to be days that they're not going to want to hear what you have to say. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. He preached the power of God down. He preached the word of God, and there was thousands of people that got saved. He said, men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? Man, what a great invitation he had that day. But do you realize there was another man that preached in the book of Acts? His name was Stephen. He preached the same gospel. He preached the same truth. He told the exact truth that Peter taught. But you know what happened? He was taken out of the city and stoned to death. It was out of season. But you know what? Here in today, in America today, there's going to be times when people don't want to hear what the Word of God has to say. But Paul said, preach it anyway. There's going to be times it's not going to be politically correct. And God says, preach it anyway. There's going to be times when the culture will go against it and the culture will try to deny it. But God says, Preach it anyway. Preach the word, not your opinions, not your philosophy, not your, listen, not your theories, but preach the word. Why? Why did he tell him that? He said, because there's coming a day. And I believe we're in that day. I believe we're right in the middle of what Paul is speaking about. He says, for the time will come. When they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts or desires or wants or wishes, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables, stories, lies. What does that mean? The man of God will take the word of God and preach to the, the, the children of God and, and they won't like what he says because it crosses their lifestyle. And so they'll just go to a church that will tell them what they want to hear. That's them itching ears. Y'all with me? Don't, don't, don't tell me about my sin. Don't tell me about repentance. Don't tell me about separation. Uh, don't tell me about sacrifice. I don't want to hear nothing about giving. I want to hear about my best life now. I want to hear about how I'm headed to a breakthrough. But what if you're headed to a breakdown? And I stand here and declare, you're, <laughs> mm. and I tell you, you're headed for a breakthrough, and you end up in a breakdown, and then what do you think of God then? Are y'all with me? We want to get comfortable. Just tell me what I want to hear. I just want to feel good about my situation. I don't want you to deal with my life. Here's, here's what we want to do. We want to cut this up in pieces so it fits the way we want to live. But God says you change your life to fit the way this book describes. Are y'all with me this morning? Now, comfortable Christianity will dilute the scriptures. It'll just water it down. It'll just, it'll just make it where it's not scriptures at all. Because we don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to be offended. We want to love everybody. Well, if you're lying to them, you don't love them. Are y'all with me? Now, what happens when we begin to dilute the scriptures? We, we develop selfishness in the saints. Listen, we as God's children begin to get a selfish mentality and a selfish attitude. It's what I want. I want, I want 
what I want. I want my favorite style of ministry. I want my favorite seat. I want my favorite parking spot. I want my favorite song. I want, I want, I want, I want. If you, if you study the life of Christ, there's one characteristic you'll never find in the life of Christ, and that's selfishness. He washed feet. He, he, he was the epitome of servanthood. But you know why churches are, are, are dying on the vine today? All over America, churches are dying because they want what they want. They're so inwardly focused, they have no outreach whatsoever. All we care about is you making us feel better about ourselves. And that's that comfortable Christianity creeping in. Comfortable Christianity says it's about me. It's about meeting my needs. It's about what I want. And all God's people said, we got to be careful of that. It can creep in so easily. It can creep in so easily. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I want you to watch this little video. And then I'm going to give you three practical things that we can do. Real easy steps. And then we're going to go get uh, enchilada. Say amen. All right.
All right, real practical. How do we put this truth into practice? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much knowledge we get in our head if we don't put it to our hands and our feet. Are y'all with me? Say amen. How do we carry this cross? What are some practical things that we can do to be a cross-carrying, committed uh, follower of Christ? All right? Three things. Three words that we just talked about. The first word was deny. All right? I want you to write this down. I believe we can put this word submission, submission right there. The Bible says if a man will deny himself, what does that mean? Basically, to say no. To say no. Uh, I don't know about you, but the most difficult thing I have to do in my life is to say no to me. Uh, when that when that Dairy Queen and that that Krispy Kreme donut sign is blinking hot, hot. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's hard to say no, Malcolm. The hardest person I have to say no is to me. But do you realize there was a man in the Bible in the book of Ecclesiastes by the name of Solomon who didn't say no? The Bible says, whatever my eyes beheld, in other words, whatever I saw and I wanted it, I took it, I, I, I experienced it, I took it in, and, and this is what I come up with. I was left empty. We, we find a man who never said no to himself and he never found fulfillment. But God says, if you'll say no to yourself, then you will find fulfillment and real joy. Jesus was the epitome of saying no. Jesus was the epitome of denying himself. The Bible says he was in the form of God and made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant. When he had every right to be God and to be treated as God, he became a man and was treated as a servant. He said no to himself. He denied himself. It wasn't, he said, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. He said, now this is my will. Lord, let this cup pass from me. This is what I want. This is what I desire. This is my will. Let this cup pass from me. Father, I know all things are possible with you. I know you can do anything you want to do, but let this cup pass from me. He said, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Now that's the spiritual aspect of that. How do we apply that today? How about this? We can deny ourselves this way. Real practical things we can do in church. How about with our with our seating? With our seating. Everybody has their favorite seating. Everybody does. Now, here's the deal. When you get full, it complicates things. Have y'all noticed that? And in the in the in the prime seating in the house is on the edges. And and the prime seating in the Baptist church is in the back. And the first thing that fills up in a Baptist church is the back and the edges. And the, and the reason we like the edges is because we want a quick getaway. <laughs> Brother Jeff always sits on the edge because if it breaks loose in there, he wants to get out of here. I need a witness. And, that, and that's cool. And I like to sit on the edge, too. I don't like getting in the middle. I like people all around me. Are y'all with me? I, 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 like, I like my space. I do. That's why I stay up here. Say amen. I mean, just, but here's the thing, here's the thing. We've got to understand when we come to the house of God, it's about him. Now watch, it's about him, and because it's about him, it's about them. It's about the unchurched. 
It's about the people who don't know Jesus. It's about the people who are lost. And we need to do everything we can as sacrificial, committed Christ followers, cross-carrying followers of Christ to say, it's not about what I want. It's not about my favorite seat. It's about them. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Here's the deal. Some of you are saying, well, does that mean nobody can sit on the edges no more? No. That's not what that means. It means when we're crowded, it means when we're crowded and an usher comes up to you and says, can you slide over? We have this whole family here so they can have the, can you slide over to the middle? Here's what happens. Here's, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, uh, let me illustrate. Let me, let me do a skit real quick. This is what happens. Uh, 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 the usher comes down and here's what. And instead of just, we will get up and get stuff and make a big commotion all out in the aisle and let everybody go by. And, and it was, they should have got here earlier. Now, come on, y'all, old preacher me. I saw it from up here. Now, here's the deal. Now, here's the deal. Is that really that big a sacrifice to move over two chairs? I tell you what, that's just too big a deal. Okay, the Bible says, let us consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. He even said this, you haven't strove to blood yet. In other words, we haven't done what Jesus did. Moving two seats over is nothing compared to bleeding to death on a cross. Are y'all with me? Listen, I know we like, if the prime seat in, in, the, in the Baptist church is in the back. You will fill up from the back to the front. I get that. Ain't no, ain't, ain't no issue. I understand that. But we need to leave those back pews open for first-time attenders. For, for unchurched people. Here's why. Most unchurched people are going to come in either 30 minutes early or 10 minutes late. And 90% of them are going to come 10 minutes late because they're scared of you. How many, how many of y'all, I've been in church my whole life. I'm a, I've been a pastor's son, so I've been in church my whole, every, every day of my life, I'm telling you, I, I know about church and being around church. I've gone to Bible college. I've been in Bible college. I've been pastoring for almost 20 years now. And when I go to a brand new church, it wigs me out. Somebody say amen. I'm nervous, man, when I go in there. When I go preach in a new church, I'll sit in my truck till two minutes till because I don't want to have to talk to nobody. Say amen. <laughs> then people scare me. Amen. Now, if I have been with that much church experience, I'm that nervous about coming to church. How much do you think the person who's never been in church feels? You see, the only thing they know about church, the only thing they know about church is what they've seen on TV. And what they show on TV, that there's just a bunch of doofuses in the church. Have you noticed that every TV show, every TV show, uh, uh, that whatever the Christian is, he's the biggest goober on the show? How many of y'all seen that? And they will, make it, they will make it like they're weird. I mean, 2020 and 60 Minutes have come out against our people to try to, and they'll take the craziest bunch of people and say all independent Baptists are like that. And it makes them afraid because they don't know if we're going to handle snakes. They don't know if we're going to roll on the floor. They don't know what's going to happen. Come on, y'all don't get quiet. They don't know. So 
they're going to come in just a little bit late so they can slip in. But what happens is, is when they slip in and it's slammed full to the back, the usher has to take them all the way down to the front and ask a disgruntled church member to move over. Who don't want to? And now they're standing in the aisle. Everybody's watching them. This guy's got an attitude, and the usher brought me slam to the front. You know why? Because we've let comfortable Christianity creep in. And it don't matter that this person is lost and don't know Jesus, and his wife just left him. He's on the verge of a nervous breakdown. I want to sit in my favorite chair. Listen, cross-carrying means self-denial. I know what I want, but sometimes I have to say no for the benefit of somebody else. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Listen, how about parking? How about parking? Can y'all stand a little more? How about parking? Uh, we need to leave. We need to leave the concrete for the first-time attenders, for the senior citizens, for the for the 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 the, the handicapped, those that, that that are not in good health. And, and, and all the rest of us, let's try to use the other parking. Let's use the prime parking for those that are unchurched, that don't know Jesus, that we're trying to introduce Jesus to. And, and we, can, we can park in the back. And we can park. Listen, if you will notice, I challenge you, I dare you, when you walk outside, when you walk outside and you look across that way, you will see that all the staff members are parking on the back 40. As far away as, as we can get, we're parking there. To lead the way and this is the reason we're doing this is we want you to know we're not going to ask you to climb a ladder we're not already up we want you to be able to say hey I'm doing this and it's not that big a deal it's really not when we see the big scope of things when we see what Jesus endured so we can make it to heaven is it that big a deal to park and gravel now I know this I know this it's, it's rough on the it's rough on the ladies high heels I get that I get that. Men, drop them off, and you park it. Say amen. And, and, and if, you got, if you got high heels on, we'll park it for you. Y'all with me? Why? Because here's the deal. Here's the shh. We want to do every single thing possible so that somebody that doesn't know Christ can come to know him. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And if it takes parking a little further away, that's a small price to pay. Are y'all with me? Now listen, those that need to, I get it. I get it. If your health is in such a way, I get that. But if it's just because we want a little bit more comfortable parking spot, let's deny ourselves. Let's deny ourselves. And then and then then the second thing. He said, deny himself and take up. I believe that word is reception. Write that word down. Not only there's got to be submission, but there's got to be reception. We need to receive the responsibility of the calling on our life. In other words, do what God has called us to do. God has called some to be teachers. God has called some of us to, to uh, uh, be greeters and be hospitable. God has called some of us to be prayer warriors. God has called some of us to be teachers, some of us to be preachers, some of us to be singers, some of us to be musical, musically inclined. 
Whatever that might be, God wants you to receive the vocation God's got for you. The Bible says that we are to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. That's in Ephesians 4. In the same chapter, you'll find that he's gifted every person to serve him. Now, here's the question. He sung it a while ago. The very first line of the song was this. What are you doing for the king? We sing so much and preach so much and teach so much about what God has done for us. God has saved us. God has transformed us. God has redeemed us. God is preparing us a home in heaven. He sent his son to die for us. And we talk about all that the king has done for us. But the question is, what are you doing for him? What are you doing for him? Find your spot. Find your place. Receive the place, the the place of service that God wants you in. If you're not involved in service in any way, we are having a launch today. We're having a great, great opportunity today down in the rock at 3 o'clock today. At 3 o'clock today, we're going to have a, 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 a basically a fellowship with refreshments and all. We're going to showcase all of the, 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 the teams, all the dream team. It takes dream, uh, teamwork to make the dream work. Say amen. It takes us all working together. I'm going to be speaking down there at 3 o'clock. And if you're not involved in ministry, I want you to stop by and check it out. You're not obligated. This is just you stopping by, checking it out, and seeing where you might can serve. You'll never be a true disciple to your servant Jesus. The Bible says in Luke 14, unless a man will hate his father, his mother, his sister, his brother, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And then he says this, unless a man will deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. If we're not willing to do what God's called us to do, that's just uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to me every single Sunday to get up in front of this many people. Every single Sunday. It's uncomfortable to me to get up in front of 50 people. But it's my calling. And I'll tell you this. If you're willing to step out of your comfort zone and do what God's called you to do, God will give you the grace to do it. And he will give you the power to do it. And when you do do it, you will find fulfillment that you've never known before. And all God's people said, take, take, that's the word reception. Deny, that's the word submission. So we find submission, reception, and last of all, we'll pray. We find follow me. That is imitation. Imitation. So what are we supposed to be doing in this world, preacher? Acting like Jesus? I mean, but, 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 but how are we supposed to, how, how, really, I mean, we're supposed to treat people like Jesus. We're supposed to talk to people like Jesus. We're supposed to care about people like Jesus. We're supposed to have compassion on the suffering like Jesus. We're supposed to think like Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We're to behave like Jesus. Now, let me get practical with that. Let me get practical with that. Jesus forgave and loved the ones that was nailing him to the cross. So how do we translate that in our lives today? You're supposed to love those that are gossiping about you at work. Cross-carrying. You're supposed to forgive those that have hurt you and wounded you. That's uncomfortable, preacher. I know it. I know it. But that's cross-carrying. We're supposed to turn the other cheek. That's cross-carrying. 
We're supposed to be like Jesus. Gandhi was asked the question, what do you think about Christianity? He says, I'm not for Christianity. He said, I love your Christ, but not your Christians. What was the biggest hindrance to Christianity? He said, Christians. You know why? Because most of the Christians didn't act like they're Christ. And if we're going to be a true follower of Christ, we're going to have to start acting like him. We're just going to have to start imitating him, loving like he loved, living like he lived, being Christ to an unchurched world. It's not more programs that this world needs. It's not more philosophies. It's not more ideas. It's more people simply to start acting like Jesus did. And I guarantee you this, if the amount of people in this room would go into Coleman County and all of us start acting like Jesus, it would turn this country upside down. Are we infected with a disease called comfortable cross Christianity? Are we at a place in our life where we're willing to say, hey, whatever I need to do. If I need to sit in the front, if I need to sit in the middle, if I need to park in the back, what, what do I need to do? If it's going to bring more people into the kingdom, tell me what I need to do. If it's going to bring more people to Jesus, tell me what I need to do. Whatever I need to give up, whatever I need to set aside, it's not about my desire. It's not about my want. It's about God's will for my life. And all God's people say it. Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I ask you to please, please help us. I don't like being uncomfortable. I don't like, I don't like sacrifice. I don't like suffering. I don't like, I don't like things the way they are sometimes. God, I like everything to be peaches and cream. I like everything to be perfect. I like everything to be to be right. And not painful. I don't like pain. I don't like being uncomfortable. But God, I know sometimes in our Christian walk, we have to put our ourselves in some uncomfortable places. But it's all about carrying the cross. God, it's all about denying ourselves and following you. And we must have the attitude that you had it in the garden where it's not my will, but thy will be done. God, I pray that your will be done in all things. Father, I pray that you'll bless everyone in this room. We're going to have an invitation. And if there's somebody who needs encouragement, let them come. If there's somebody who needs, uh, Lord, prayer, let them come. If there's somebody who needs to get saved, let them come. If there's somebody who needs to join the church, let them come. And God, let us give us an opportunity to take a Bible and show them what they need in their life. God, will thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, everyone. Stand to your feet. If you need to come, I want you to come. I want you to come. Help us now. Sing with us. Hallelujah. Me hold again.
up. Is there something you need to pray about? We'll be glad to pray with you. Won't you come? God bless this whole crowd. Lord, I pray your will be done. Move in an awesome way right here in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Help them, Jesus. Help them. praise and glory in this house. Come on. Yeah. Help him. Isn't the Lord good? You know, I'm, I'm glad that God is moving in this place. Amen. God is dealing with folks and we're going to take up our offering right now and pray. Uh, hey, listen, they can pray and, and what it, our altars are always open. Amen. And we're going to let them do that. And this is as much part of worship, preaching, praying, getting right with God. Listen, our giving is as much as worship as anything that we do. We give to Him because He's given so much to us and we're showing our adoration and praise to Him. Amen? So let's do this. Let's pray. And while God's dealing with these folks, let's pray and ask God to have His way. Lord, we thank You so much for the the folks that have moved this morning. Thank You for those that have gotten help. Thank You for those that are, uh, Lord, finding answers to their prayers. God, I pray that You'll move in an awesome way. I pray right now that you will touch, Lord, use this offering, use it for your glory. Lord, I pray that you'll bless the gift as well as the giver. And Lord, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.